0: Hey, it's Raspid with Roleplaying Public Radio. This is RPBR episode 198, D20 Swinginess. Uh, and uh, we're talking about D20 Combat, uh, which is because, uh, you know, uh, special guest Caleb. Uh, how are you doing there, Caleb? I am the new Tom Church. <laughs> with me, not always, but frequently, Caleb, yeah. Uh, so. Um, yeah, we're talking, we've been playing a lot in the last couple of months, uh, D20 systems, uh, 13th age, which has not been posted, but, uh, we're, we're doing a campaign of it where we're both players. Uh, and, uh, that's been fun. And then we are also, uh, I've been, I ran a two part game of Lancer, Solstice Rain. Uh, first part is already up on the AP site. Part two is coming soon. And, uh, so we, we've been thinking a lot about D20 cause it's been a hot minute before that since we last did D20 things
1: or an ever, but like, yeah, I think the only thing I've done that was D twenty before that was well. There's Dark
0: Iron. Sun. Well, no, there was Iron Heroes. Oh, Iron Heroes. Yeah, I forgot about it. Yeah. Iron yeah. So yeah. that was uh, definitely a, a whole thing that we did. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, then Dark Sun before that. But that was about it. Um, and uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to think about. Uh, in before we get into the the main episode, though, I do want to bit uh, mention a bit of news. Is that I am exporting the rppr back catalog to youtube so i'll have a link to our youtube channel uh where i've started uh uh, exporting uh old episodes i found a way to automate that so that that is useful because the rppr catalog is a bit large. I would not want to manually export all those episodes. Yeah,
1: you are like a tech test to whatever your automating yeah. tool you're using. <laughs> yes. Put that Stress to tests, yeah, Yeah, like <laughs> there's some engineer in a room going what's happening? It's not meant to hold this much.
0: Oh yeah. no, no, that is 100% it because uh, I'm using a, a, an app called Headliner which is uh, I use it for audiograms creating little videos out of uh, podcast clips uh, and I literally have broken their system where like I, I've tried to export certain episodes that were too long because I'm doing this thing where i'm trying to create a looping video instead of just having a static image held the entire time and they're like no you can't do that uh mm-hmm. you have to make it shorter so uh i've actually been in contact with the developer. so uh do <laughs> like oh no one else is doing this <laughs> <laughs> kind of the implication of like why are you doing this yeah uh, uh it's gr- great
1: man, i'm just imagining like headliner like we're all good to go we can handle any podcast now and you awaken like a lich in underworld <laughs> like the sleeper the Ur podcast awakens yeah
0: no it's um Like three episodes a day is what the automated system does. So it's going to take it like months to get through everything. And I even have started RPP actual play because I haven't figured out the right template. Anyways, uh, that's my news. Uh, I'll have a link to our YouTube channel uh, and I'll set up playlists. And so you can listen to all the older stuff. If you haven't, uh, it is older, but, you know, eventually it'll catch up and you will be list everything on YouTube. Uh, catch up on Ross's robot slaves, ferrying files <laughs> over to Google. Yeah,
1: basically. Endlessly, yeah. day and night. Well,
0: hopefully not endlessly. Hopefully there will be an end. Hopefully it w- their catalog is large. It is not infinite, though. It's not Borges' infinite podcast. I don't uh, know. You haven't been back there in a while. You know what? That's true. It's probably <laughs> multiplied. There's probably like entire seasons of stuff that is like, "What the fuck? What? what? I don't remember this." Yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, Caleb. Any news on your end in terms in the realm of games and podcasting and all that junk?
1: Oh yeah, dead channels uh, remain strong. We've uh, posted a couple of games uh, for God's teeth left. Uh, so we're about to have the whole camp rain up uh, by the end of the summer. And we've posted all the one shots and play tests for the single standalone scenarios that are tied to that campaign. If you want access to those. And then on Heaven on Games Open Design, uh, which only has 90 patrons currently, and one of them could be you. Mm -hmm. um, We are play testing the second edition of Red Markets and continuing posting that campaign. So those episodes are up for free. But if you mm -hmm. want access to the... Early chapters of second edition um, and uh, coming soon, art from Patsy McDowell, the original book of the campaign um,
0: that will be posted up on Heaven on Gabe's Open Design, H. God
1: on Patreon.
0: Nice. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, what kind of rules are already available to patrons? I currently have the new character creation rules and the new
1: dice system. Yeah. Uh, uh, well,
0: alteration of
1: the dice system.
0: And nice. This yeah. month I'm putting up the negotiation chapter. Yeah, you could be one of the first people to uh, play second edition Red Markets uh, or the beta of it, the alpha, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. Yeah, I don't know.
1: It's not a beta yet. Yeah. I am releasing it in pieces um, and whatever I don't have released, use the old book that's the current plan that's how i'm doing it yeah no yeah
0: we, we still use the old book especially yeah, for the gear itself yeah um, it's sort of ship of theseus-ing the game. <laughs> no. yeah um so yeah d20 uh speaking of dice and games and things uh that's what this podcast is about uh, is what i've been told um and um this this really came to a head uh in lancer because we played a two-part game of lancer the the scenario solstice rain which is meant to be introductory for player uh for people new to the game and um the lancer and i i i love the setting i love the aesthetic um uh, i just have realized i do not love d20 combat in in it's sort of um the iteration that lancer has which is heavily derived from fourth ed DD uh and you know the, the sort of like to take your word on that, yeah. Uh, well, you played some fourth at D. I mean, it was a bit ago, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and also it was like my first RPG, yeah, so
1: I remember almost nothing,
0: yeah. Um, but grid, well, like some characteristics are uh, grid based combat, um, and character all the abilities are based on like how many squares they are, that's how distances are measured. Uh-huh. Um, then rolling a d20. Adding a number, usually you know, some sort of modifier based on your character uh, abilities and what they're what a particular ability they're using, uh, versus a moving target number. The target number being the armor, the the uh, defensive stat of the enemy you're targeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and those, and if you succeed, then there's a separate role for damage, uh, sometimes mitigated by an enemy ability or like passive damage reduction, although the, not always. Um, and that's sort of like the main, um, paradigm of this, of these systems. And they're very common because obviously that's what DD does. That's what a lot of, so that's what, ergo, that's what a lot of RPGs do. Um, like I mentioned, we're also playing 13th age, which is meant like, what if we made D good, you know, what if we got rid of the D and isms and made it more playable? Um, or at least, uh, uh, yeah.
1: I, I would start off by saying that this is not a critique of Lancer as a piece of game design. Uh, I think it's remarkably balanced for what it is in a lot of ways. Um, but it is a sort of attempt to elucidate like why basic D20 combat just does not do it for me. And I don't think I've ever seen a game that does it for me. Mm-hmm. And and Lancer in the cleanness of his design in so many other ways um, it sort of makes that apparent to me cause this is working as intended and I still don't like it, yeah. which isn't a critique of the design. It's a critique of my tastes. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you know, like I have a swingy dice mechanic. Um, the, the profit system is a remarkably swingy dice mechanic. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause you've got two numbers literally fighting each other but I'm only adding to one side of it. And then you also have these, uh, resources like will and dissociated mechanics and things you can spend your way out of problems with, but Mm -hmm. you're giving a second choice point to mitigate the miserable. I roll a one, I roll a two, I roll a three, I roll a one, Mm -hmm. I roll a four, I roll a three. Yeah. Like that endless loop of failure can be broken up. Mm -hmm. Um, and boy, howdy. Uh, a lot of people don't like that. They don't like resource management. They don't like dissociated mechanics. Um, and I get that. But um, I also don't like D20. Uh, yeah. And I, I have so many reasons why. Uh, and you wanted to talk about this? Yeah. Yeah. So. No, I do. Because but it's, it's not a critique of Lancer or designers. If you ever want someone to write for Lancer, fucking call me. The line is open. Uh, but but yeah, uh, D20 combat, man. Whew. Yeah. Not for me.
0: No, I mean, and, and uh, there made me think about like what I like in combat in RPGs and what I don't like. And yeah, I don't like there's also a difference for running a D20 game versus playing a D20 game, because I think I've done both. I yeah. also run Lancer. So, yeah, uh, did you do you have a preference now that you've uh, been on both sides of the screen, so to speak? Oh, I prefer running it because I don't
1: yeah. feel like as much of an abject failure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think when that- I when I roll shit dice, despite making the best possible tactical decision available at the moment and the character still wins, like at least the character won. And like I can describe a cool moment. Mm hmm. Um, unlike when I'm playing and I just sit there for yeah. another turn for 40 minutes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's the thing, right? Like I prefer running it too, because I'm never like waiting. Like I prefer to be engaged and active in games. And I know that that's obviously not every player's preference.
1: Also, that does not negate the problems of a D20 combat
0: when yeah. you're running it. It just changes them. Yeah. yeah. Um Well, you're not sitting around like you're. Always yeah. yeah but else. I,
1: I have, a, I have critiques on that end too.
0: Okay. So, yeah. 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 Um. yeah but yeah when you're the, the there are players as you, you mentioned that like I want to roll die once and then I don't have to do anything for another 10 minutes you know like they're more social casual players or uh, they don't like thinking too much in the game like there's you know, like there's a, a, a some game design mechanics are meant to increase tension and anxiety, and then there are some players that are absolutely allergic to that any any kind of anxiety. Like there are players who won't play Gumshoe games because they don't like the idea of spending a point and then not having it later on. You know, like uh, it's the exact same kind of thing, I think. Um, but um, in in terms of d20, like yeah, you, there, some of the characteristics are you you roll. And then if something, ha- if you fail the roll nothing happens unless it's a critical failure. It's like, I think a lot of D20 is based on this uh, natural one, natural 20 phenomenon. Right. Like, and that's become such an ingrained part of uh, gaming culture to a degree. You know, the critical hit, the critical failure. Uh, I mean, like, it seems like a third of all D&D slash RPG humor is like, oh, they rolled a natural one or a natural 20. And then something wacky happened. And uh,
1: uh, hey, I. Again, I've designed a system with a five percent fuck up and a five percent super success. And yeah.
0: It's wonderful. Yeah. I
1: love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh no no complaints on there. Uh it's just all those other failures. Mm-hmm. Those many, many other failures. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, what's your critique here? Like, I, well, I, I have it in like various segments. Like, I yeah. have areas where I think D20 combat isn't serving a certain type of player. But
0: yeah. I don't know what you want to talk about. I, I, well, I think what I, I I sort of did a sort of mental survey of like what art, combat in RPGs I do like. And I do like red markets. Uh, and I think in red markets because there's always this tension of like resource management that you're always – Um, not just like your literal resources like your your ammo and your your rations and you know whatnot, uh and your willpower, but also like the uh the resources of your actions and being able to like have that do I go full offense or do I reserve my twitch? Um and so Uh, It's also brief too. like every every action has consequences. Every fight there's fights never seem to linger too long. Like there's never a thing in red markets of just rolling to miss, rolling, miss, roll, miss, roll, miss, because eventually people run out of energy or ammo or both. Yeah, And
1: And we've also cut out initiative in the new
0: system, I should say, for people who are familiar with the old one. Um, Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that that definitely helps. Which Lancer does as well, which I think is smart. Yeah. Um, there. But then I other games I like, I like Delta Green because um you don't have resources, but you do have the action economy. And there's this massive. The most brilliant thing Delta Green did was that you choose to attack or defend. Like if you dodge, that's it. You don't get to fucking do anything. And also like the the whole melee thing is just like a single opposed roll, the fight back thing. So mm-hmm. which is simplifies things tremendously and keeps. And also characters don't have uh, a bloated uh, HP. I think actually that's another thing in D.
1: Lethality damage yeah. in Delta Green. Um, the the old uh, Detweiler in panel response of show me the place on your body you can get hit with a bullet and not die. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know,
0: like, yeah, speed is a quality in and of itself. And even and in Red Markets, too, like, usually enemies go down in a few hits, and your character can be killed, can take a lot of hits if they hit, get hit, if they're distributed right, but, like, they're not invincible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, there's that. I, I like feng shui combat because it is uh, uh, operatic and, like, cinematic and, like, but you still have the the sort of action. Economy, is that right? d20 no that the mm. uh, folks is not no these are all the systems i've mentioned before are not d20 in fact, mm. i can't think of a d20 system with combat that i like now that i've experienced lancer enough to really judge it i think um and i like lancer in theory but like in practice no <laughs> and we'll get into that um and uh the other system one of the other systems i like that i've done a lot of combat in is eclipse phase both editions because um you one during character option generation, you have the option of making a combat machine, but even a combat machine, uh, uh, uh you know, uh, is even if you min max them all the way to hell and back, they're still, they still have a death spiral, you know, even if you could ignore some wound penalties and trauma, uh, uh, penalties, eventually you're going to weigh down and you can kill a lot of things, but you're not invincible. You can still be brought down by things. And I think, um, And yeah, so I like the I like that tension in a a, a close phase where, yeah, you can be good at combat, but not invincible. And uh, but if you're not good in combat, you can still have some options to be to to defend yourself. But you're not going to be like, you know, uh, the uh, event, you know, the murder hobo, uh, the invincible murder hobo can kill anything, get out of anything. Um, which happens in D20 stuff too, where eventually you, you make a, a broken combo and you're just like, aha I can do anything. Um, so those four systems all have good combat that I like. And D20 doesn't. And I think it comes down to like having interesting choices and certain speed. And, um, yeah, so I, I think it comes down to that, like interesting choices at character generation and during the game or during the fight. And, uh, then there's this speed, like, like every D20 game has that, or at least the ones we played that have had hit point bloat, like even Lancer, like you get those, those boss enemies with the ultra template or the veteran template. They get multiple structure points and like it just takes multiple hits to bring them down. And it's just like, uh yeah. As opposed to Delta green or red markets where one or two hits is all you need. Usually, unless mm-hmm. it's like, a, unless it's a fucking thing you're not supposed to fight anyway, like a shaga and Delta green or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think that that's sort of like what I thinking about combat. I, I do like and Why D20 doesn't do that yet? Why do and how would you propose changing that um, or like? Yeah,
1: well, I think it's. To the causes for me, Mm -hmm. I think there's a type of combat that is the primary type of combat in terms of a narrative or Mm -hmm. conflict in a narrative that um, a RPG is going to emulate. Mm Our people are going to want to see it's emulated. And I think D20 is just fantastically bad at it. Mm -hmm. Um, So, for instance, like on your side of the table when you were running it or when I was running it. You have so much to keep track of. Oh, yeah. And that's not a Lancer thing. That's a 13th age thing. That's a and d thing. You know, this mm-hmm. monster has individual powers. It's got its own hit number. It's got its own to be hit number in defense. It's got...
0: Multiple types of defenses. It's right? got
1: ranges. It's yeah. got um, passive abilities like the ever so fun. Actually, if you hit this thing, you didn't, which is very great for somebody who just made a roll yeah. for the first time in five turns to be like, actually, no, that did nothing. Yeah. Um, but the next person will be able to do something because you used its passive ability. So you're trying to keep straight of all that. You've got the terrain in front of you, right? Mm hmm. And you're doing all that. And what what I find that that grid based combat does, especially with enemies, with this like wide variety of things, is like it's trying to emulate tactical choices. Mm -hmm. And uh, it does that a lot on the back end for the GM. It makes a ton of tactical choices. It also does it a lot on the back end for the player in terms of character creation. What spells am I going to equip? What weapons are going to put on which mounts if I built my mech? How do my powers Which, should, which actions yeah. am I going to do? All that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, but in execution at the table, all of those choices are made outside of the table. And the table just deletes options. Um, so what am I saying by this? You've got the map and you're moving across the map. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I'm going to take a move action. You're like, move. And then I move four spaces. It is completely contextualist. I don't know what kind of ground I'm running on. I don't know if there's smoke in the air. I know the cover has a number on it. I know that, you know, I don't know what sound it makes. I don't know if I ran over and kicked a bunch of cards. If I'm in Lancer, I don't know if I'm you know picking away across the Magma River in D&D because no one describes that because the GM is playing uh, a computer game in his head, (laughs) trying to keep track of what to do next. The player is just trying to take their action. And what it ends up being is this minifig moves here and as a i'm creating a story where i'm like activating the senses like sight town sound taste touch the things that you would like want to see if you were watching a movie of this it just it becomes deleted like Whereas the non-choice of Delta Green, is like, you want to fight or you want to hide, <laughs> that's it. Once you establish that, there's so much room left. And then you'll have uh, uh, a um, in the handler in that instance actually describe something that's going on, add anything to the tone, right? Um, and you just don't do that in the D20, in most D20 games, not Lancer, not anything like that, because the choice points have to be so juggled that it just gets negated and put onto this map. And the map is always underwhelming compared to an evocative description. And I think we do like the thing of like, well, I know exactly what my range is now as being like a, oh, well, it's therefore the map is better because there's not confusion of like, where are they standing? What really counts as mid? Like we're done with the rules lawyering shit. Mm-hmm. But all that stuff had to come into account from like wargaming. It had to come in mm-hmm. from, rules lawyering and like a, a lack of trust amongst your player group you know you know back before uh robin laws apparently told gamers that they could talk to each other <laughs> uh, before they started playing like yeah. and it's just a it's it, to me it's an inferior story like every time like i like if i hit in lancer you're so busy trying to figure out what goes next that it is my number goes against your number. And often it's your number goes against that number and this happens. Oh, wait, no, it doesn't. I just read this. This happens instead. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, no, I looked this up, this rule. It just happened. This happens instead. And I have no idea what to imagine, what I saw, what my character felt in that moment, like what it looked like. N- nothing like it is. It is math on math crimes that that have zero contextual like on the body writing. Like it's not felt. It's not mm-hmm. um, it's not emoted in. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's just true of anything that's going to. You are you're busting out the grid. I think the the idea is that well we have a map now. Yeah. The map will take care of so much of this evocative material, and like I think players do that, and I think GMs do that, and I think it just never does. I think it just deletes mm-hmm. description out of the combat and turns it into a little game. Yeah. Um. And then it becomes the tactical game, and then I think um your choices are flattened in D22 because um. I somewhat enjoyed the combat sometimes in Iron Heroes. Mm -hmm. I thought we did some interesting things
0: there. Right. There's a stunting mechanic.
1: And it's because there's stunting. And Mm. like, that's the other thing. There's a narrative to conflict and there's a narrative to conflict that people want to see. And the narrative of conflict that people want to see is not the average actual narrative of conflict, which means who trained the most or who went first. Mm-hmm. That's a real world conflict. It is, oh, I am 400 pounds more than you. I win. Like, it yeah. doesn't matter what you did. Like, that. that's why weight classes exist. My gun is the longer range. So. Yeah, yeah. My gun is longer range. You cannot possibly hit me. I win the U.S. military strategy. <laughs> yes. Like, again, not super exciting to watch or like heroic. If you're just like, yeah, I killed him with a drone strike. Yay. Like, um, uh, and, or, or just the, um, yeah. Or, or the, or the pick apart, which mm. is comical. Like the Porco Rosso fight is what I call it. You're going we're going oh, yeah. to spend 20 minutes in the surf, punching each other in the face. And that is for comic effect, but it's not in D20. That's your hit point bloat. Yeah. Like those are all types of combat that don't make compelling stories like, you, you know, the UAV strike where you cannot possibly be hurt back with no stakes. The endless grind of just just who grinds down first. There's no tactical choice. Um, and the. uh The you're going, your numbers are going to do numbers. This, this fight was decided before you showed up the training equivalent, Mm -hmm. which is this fight was decided when you made your character and learned the rules of Lancer. Right. Mm -hmm. And then everything else is just executing it. Um, and then even on that level, D20 fails a lot. Cause like I've played Lancer before I've run it on both sides. I didn't do it perfectly, but like, I've read the full book multiple times. Like I know how quick actions work. I was trying to help instruct people while we're at the table, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't matter if you make a smart choice. If you roll a two, like it, it just completely deletes it. Like, and that's, and that's the thing. Like you have a simpler combat system and somebody comes up with a cool idea. You're just like, yeah. Yeah, I. it's got only so many variables. I will add you this variable for doing this or take it away because you're in this negative situation. But like the only thing you can do to stunt in Lancer is grapple, which like mathematically is it's almost bad. effectively useless yeah, compared have, to any like, yeah. anything on your sheet. Um, and so, yeah, you can't throw people off of stuff for the most part unless you have a different size and like you're way up or specialized entirely specialized in it. Yeah, specialized yeah. In it. Yeah. And then... um yeah, there's not a lot of tactical terrain things unless it's built into the map. You can't improvise that stuff as a player. And so like kind of deletes your player's cleverness, kind of deletes your cleverness in the game. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's all sorts of stuff that like you can't do in a combat like that. Um, And tell a cool story. Like, yeah. Yeah. Raylan Givens and Justified is very good at shooting people. Right. We all know that. Um, It is not interesting when he just shoots someone. What's interesting is when he gets the drop on him and he convinces the guy to make it a draw with one gun in the middle of the table. And then he pulls the tablecloth. So the gun falls in his lap instead (laughs) of reaching for it and then shoots the guy. You're just like, oh, that's my hero. That's some protagonist energy. Whereas in Lancer, you're just like, my gun did better numbers and something (laughs) happened to that guy or yeah, it's just it's just really, or or an even more egregious example is any kind of D twenty fantasy game. Yeah, when you're like a our fucking, 13th age game. Basically. Yeah, when you're a wizard, yeah. and like you know that's an entire genre of story in RPGs. It's like. Oh, I cast swarm of bugs at two hundred feet above the air. Oh, Oh, I cast animal transform and turn them into elephants. And like, yeah, you you you're there to break reality. You're a wizard. Like it's in the job description. And it'd be like, actually, no, you can't do that. The rules say you don't. And he's got this power, and that doesn't exist. And then nothing happens. Like it's it's just totally like that's the thing. You're given all these choices on the back end, front loaded. Whereas what's actually going on on the table when you should be feeling the combat is, well, you have to do this absolutely optimal thing because the dice still probably aren't going to work and then nothing will happen anyway. It's very flat and like deletes like a lot of character agency. Whereas on the back end of like a lot of games, what you like, there's not much to choose. Like you got your action economy. Here's these things you can do. It's a very limited set, but where the variety comes in is like where an action scene should, like the setting, like yeah. the set piece. The scenario, yeah. Yeah, whereas like you've, and like it's a paradox because we've got a physical map of this you know area right in front of us right yeah the in uh, a map a grid yeah yeah i still remember that um final fight from the first arc of heroes of new Arcadia. And we mapped it out a little, but it wasn't like a full grid map. I still remember where we entered and the plan we had (laughs) to enter. I still remember Aaron flying up and getting himself killed multiple times. And us having this. I still remember having to hold a shield. I was constantly being, I, I could, I could draw a map of that fight now. Like couldn't tell you anything about where we fought in Lancer. Was it a ship? yard or a city we, or we, the last fight was at a dock yeah maybe yeah. i i don't know i no, saw I some confirm. boxes yeah, yeah. I, I saw some boxes and failed to do things around them like <laughs> like you know what i mean but like we drew a physical map out for mm-hmm. that might as well not have ever existed in my head we just talked about the other one mm-hmm. memory that lasts forever was a really cool moment yeah. like uh and and that's where i get off the boat on d20 i just don't think it creates what it's I want it to create out of that combat. Yeah. Um, I think it, I think it's primary value is as, uh, not, a, I don't want to say closet drama cause I don't think it creates a lot of drama, but mm-hmm. like a closet game, like, which is fine. You, there's parts of the game. Yeah. Yeah. There's parts of the game. I want you to play like in Redmark. I want you to do shopping away from the table. Yeah. Don't fucking bother me with that. Go home, grab a book do you shopping? Like yeah. th- that's cool. Like that's fine. There's parts of you play at home, but like, I feel like the, the choices are all in that part mm-hmm. and the choices at the table are, well, you need to do the tactically optimal thing. Cause it's probably not going to work anyway. Yeah. Um, and I just, that just falls real flat for me every time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now I feel like a uh, part of this discussion is the fact that, you know, um, RPGs are still like, st- relatively speaking, like so new, right? We don't have like a critical language to describe them because like role playing games encompass a lot of, like activities that we all describe as role playing but they're still different like shopping for items and coming up with and then like um you know in letter narrative distance we just reviewed traveler uh, uh recently i haven't edited it yet but like part of, i think of the fun of traveler uh is i don't know if you're familiar with it is when you make a character you actually roll up careers and like what your character did before yeah there. your life path yeah yeah yeah, yeah. similar to uh, cyber manga like life path system there's random events that can happen to your character like good things or bad things dying character creation not in the newest edition but no, you can't become a, damn a shame you you can become a prisoner and you don't know how long you'll be a prisoner <laughs> so like uh and if you're too old then your stats are going to be shitty because the the uh, anti-aging drugs are very expensive uh, <laughs> so um so there I you know we know people who make characters for fun for rpgs and that's a very common thing and uh and i feel like a lot of d20 thing is this like war slash board game thing because like if we had played, if Lancer was delivered in a, in a in a manner as a game like Gloomhaven, like a big ass board game with little figures and cards and all that stuff, and we just played it as a board game, we all, oh, that was fun. And like, no one would have a problem with it because we didn't try to wrap a narrative around it, right? Like it was, it is part Gloomhaven, you know, tactical board game, part like storytelling game. And and it's just, there's this, uh, uh, and we're all describing everything is being under this umbrella of role playing games when they're really very different activities um and uh, i think that's part of the problem is like a lot of d20 players want it in this exact format because uh, uh, and they don't want uh and yeah i don't know I, I so i feel like that's part of the problem right is that we we we're, we're trying to make things fit that don't fit together. Right. And like, if we just label D 20 players as like board game players who want to do some storytelling, uh, as opposed to like, you know, role players of like Delta green or, you know, eclipse phase or red markets or whatever. Um, yeah. Well,
1: I, I don't know. Like, cause I know there are people who don't want that. Like I know there, I know you do not really subscribe to the immerse me school of like, yeah, you did to the sex. attack. that good job. And Mm -hmm. then you're on to the next person. Like, I like to describe what it looks like. I like to, like, create Mm -hmm. a visual story and, like... that is something I feel like you have to do to make D20 combat not completely flat. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's something that people a lot of people don't want, like including players and GMs like they yeah. just they just want to get on, move with the turn, keep it keep it plugging. in. Yeah. Um, and I think that's perfectly fine. But like if you don't want that and you want something, you can do that in a lot of like D20 systems like D&D. You know, if you listen to any of those, you know, big fancy APs, you'll have mm-hmm. these long, flourishing descriptions of how cool things exist in combat and look like that. Or if you do, you know, Lancer, I, you know, I certainly added some cool robot descriptions or did the best I could while I was struggling with the rules. But like there is almost nothing in the game like mm-hmm. there's no procedure in the GM section there, there's nothing said like in red markets, I just say this, if they succeed, they describe how they did it mm-hmm. and they can look cool or however they want. If I, if they failed, I describe how it fucked up and mm-hmm. I can, I can do whatever I want to do the damn, there's at least like a procedure, but, yeah. but like it, everything in D and D that you're adding to that, everything in Lancer, everything in all those D 20 fantasies that you're adding to be like, oh, this is a story. Stories exist off images because humans only see the world through their senses. So I should make sentences that describe things that people see or smell or taste or touch Mm -hmm. or feel. Cause that is the only way humans gather information to do anything. Um, That is all like better know that hope you took creative writing, bitch. Like that is, that is it. Like it is all extracurricular. None of that's in the book. Everything's cut out. Um, And so you're really just taking that from other games Yeah. And like trying to install it in as like a supplementary vitamin for D20. Like an old person would have to take something to get all their calcium because like it's been around too long. Like, um, yeah, that that's my other element. Like it never gives you a back end. Like, Mm. how do you make this look cool? And and like there's an entire cottage industry for D&D is like how to make D&D combat not suck. Here's all the things that aren't in D&D that make D&D combat not suck. And I just want to be like what if that was in the, what if that was in the handbook, man? Like, what if you just took yeah. a little time to be like, Hey, whenever something gets hit, don't just say this many points. Yeah. Please say this as well, or all of these types of players. Yeah. Would be. But it, it doesn't do that. And so it leads me to believe this long along the lifeline of D20 games. It's not because like they don't think it's not because they forgot. Like, I think it's because they don't... It's not that type of game. They yeah, want to move it along.
0: Keep it clicking. Yeah. Yeah, There, there is this inertia, right? Like, the D&D and, D2, and by extension, D20 has been defined in this way. That D20... Yeah, is That's just the intrinsic nature of it. And to change, you can't really change it at this point. At my numbers,
1: a, my numbers hit your numbers until we do numbers. Yeah. The numbers. Well, it's also
0: yeah. like there are there are these these implications, right? Like the fact that D&D and D20 systems have like moving target numbers based on the enemy. Like Delta Green doesn't do that. Red markets like tons of games don't do that. They just say like, oh, to hit an enemy, you just make a skill check. And unless it's in it follows the same rules as other skill checks where like if it's a hard thing to do, then you get a penalty. If it's an easy thing to do, you get a bonus. But it's not like, uh, yeah, Delta Green, you don't like, oh, the cult leaders, you are you only have a 30% chance of hitting the cult leader because they're a cult leader and they're a more dangerous adversary. It's not the intrinsic nature of the cult leader, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, And some of these assumptions, I think, could be questioned to sort of mitigate that. Like, I mean, 13th Age, a lot of 13th Age's design is trying to create uh, workarounds for the this nature like the whole escalation die thing right is just how do we get the how do we deal with fights where everyone just rolls shitty for 10 rounds in a roll um and you know and, and you know the thing is that that actually happens in like standard call of cthulhu like in delta green like hit one of our older uh, one of the fights i will never forget uh, playing with you is the uh, the dog punching incident uh <laughs> <laughs> Which wasn't even RPPR, it was The Unspeakable Oath, and that was where uh, Tom was running a game, and you were... Uh, I did didn't—I wasn't even in the scene. Yeah, you were just watching, I think it was David, pu- trying to punch a dog out. Yeah. David and Aaron trying to punch two German
1: shepherds, yeah. and I drew a mural. Yeah. <laughs> because it took an hour and a half of game time yeah. to
0: punch two dogs. Yeah, and Norm- what mitigates that usually in Call of Cthulhu-type games is the characters have eight hit points, so one, you know, ten hit points, so like one, oh, you only need to hit once to take them out and uh but yet somehow that 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 was the only time i can remember that happening in a call cthulhu type game uh as opposed to every other d20 fight um so um yeah i guess if you could if you were in charge of a new d20 game and you you are you gun to the head you have to design a d20 combat system um like how would you address some of these changes or like would you change what would you change if you if you had to
1: Uh, I would try, I would try and do something similar to red mark is I try to make as much stuff player facing as possible. Okay. Uh, I would try and make as many rolls out of the GM's hand as I possibly could. Mm -hmm. Like, so like I would prefer you failed to dodge than I succeeded to hit you. Mm -hmm. I would prefer you succeeded hitting me. Yeah then I uh, failed my NPC dodge roll from like 50 different stats. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that is uh, much stronger. And I think there are a lot of very easy and extremely predictable on a probability curve ways to alter those difficulties without having to remember more stats or add more NPCs or.
0: Yeah, I I do like the powered by the apocalypse paradigm of like when you fight, you if you succeed you hit and they hit you back like it's just and if you roll well then you don't get hit or you can choose to do more damage like you have that choice
1: yeah Yeah, and like people get on me for like player locate like hit locations as being very 80s in red markets but like there's hit locations in monsters and other childish things Mm -hmm. and like things like that and like the thing is about that about a hit location is that it is a procedure for describing numbers v numbers mm-hmm. like not and it's not a complex one like oh tin killing to the arm like well i know what story that tells yeah like and it and it's going to be dramatic and it's going to cause you to engage with the setting and it's going to give your character a description of what's going on with them mm-hmm. um and it's like building a story that a human being Who has been hurt before, if not that specific way, can at least somewhat relate to, can act around, can role play around. Um, So a lot of that back end stuff that people are bringing in from other games like, well, uh, you need a cool action Area to do your action thing for like I don't know D and D help YouTube channel <laughs> eight seventy two or however many yeah, are yeah. like yeah because the combat exists to describe a space like you are describe you are actually building the setting or altering the setting of your story by doing that so I would add things like that like I would make sure there's set pieces I would make sure there's stunting I would make sure there's systems to reward cleverness yeah uh, like um, when I designed the Red Markets War rules which are going to have to be rewritten because, you know, second, <laughs> second edition. Yeah, um, yeah. But Jason Brown did a great job. Like, that's all you do. Everything's a set piece. Oh, you want increased numbers? Cool. Describe that thing that's going to be on the battlefield. And now if I w- if you want to do that, you got to get there and turn it on. Mm-hmm. Or, or you got to protect it. Or you got to do that. Like, uh, or if you want these people to do this thing for you and get this bonus, you got to tell me what you say to them. You got to show yourself leading them. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want it to just be... My numbers hit your numbers and we do numbers. Like, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. that is boring. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think you could do some stuff to keep it fast by making it player facing. But I think the main thing is, you got to take all that stuff that people have been cludging and like stapling to D20 on the back end. You just got to start
0: over. Yeah.
1: I I don't even know if that's true, but you got to take all that stuff that people have been cludging and back ending from other games to make D20 combat more engaging. And you got to make that like, hey, if you are the GM, it's your job to learn how to do this. Mm -hmm. You have to learn to say these things. Just like they'll suggest, like, do a funny voice for an NPC if it's your first time ever. It's got to be like, hey, no one gets hit by a sword and says, "Well, oh well, yeah. moving on, like like you gotta give it some stakes."
0: But uh, um, what else are D&D YouTubers going to talk about, if not ways to describe uh, being hit by things like uh, and uh, like how what, do hit points represent meat or do they just represent your ability to avoid injury? And that those those discussions are endless. They've gone back 20 or 40 years at this point.
1: And right? I know. And just like if yeah. you're going to keep publishing new editions of this shit, like I'm talking about D&D specifically. Yeah, there, yeah, but yeah. if you're doing a D20 game, it's not new editions. To, but if you're going to do that, just make it a procedure. Yeah. A procedure is a rule. It's not something think anyone's going to like do uh, rules lawyering about like a procedure is roll initiative first yeah that's a procedure like there's initiative rules that come after that and your bonuses and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. like that but the procedure part of like we do this part first and then we do this second that is easy to remember mm-hmm. no one ever argues about that shit and so you can just be like hey you rolled this so you get to describe what happens or mm-hmm. I rolled this and I get to describe what happens. Or yeah. Or like, or you could do the yes. And like, uh, seven through nine from, um, uh, blades in the dark and power in the apocalypse. Like, Oh, this happens, but here's my complication. Like mm-hmm. there's any number of ways you could just say, like, it's my responsibility here to describe this. It's your responsibility there. And that's not, that's not hard. Like yeah, you yeah. just keep giving the GM veto power. And as long as they're not an asshole, it should work out fine. Right. But like, you're just going to put that map on the table and everyone's going to be like, well, I, in, I literally inch forward and then I miss. And like, that is going to be an entire turn for someone for 40 fucking minutes.
0: Like, and
1: that is brutal. Yeah. God, that's brutal.
0: Yeah. I mean, you were, I remember you were saying like, I would rather at least something happen if I failed and than nothing like it. Oh,
1: I would rather be horribly harmed or killed in that matter. Like yeah. if, if, for being that shitty at, at yeah. doing it, like that at least tells a story of the worst <laughs> Mech pilot ever, <laughs> and I would want to hear that, but like, there's just nothing for you if, yeah. you
0: if you miss that role and it's going to take forever to come back around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do say also with Solstice Rain, a lot of the enemy combos, like the GM has this advice uh, the, uh, the section of the book, uh, like, oh, here's combos you can do with these types of enemies, but like, a lot of the times it didn't work out because the terrain uh, like, Oh, they, they gave me a lot of very slow enemies with a movement rate of two to four squares. And the, and the battle map is like 32 by 36 squares. Like it's, it's ridiculous. And Oh, this enemy can teleport this enemy. And I look it up as, Oh, this enemy. Oh, that has a range of five squares and the enemy, and they move like three squares. So it's like, okay, I, I can't really do that. Cause yeah. Uh, well,
1: the D 20 yeah. thing
0: for me is like,
1: all of these things can be fixed by a good DM, like mm-hmm. a, a skilled DM that knows the rules and that has, trained the players well in the rules can compensate for all this stuff. Yeah. But the thing is with D20 combat, as opposed to other things, like that's not a factor you can factor in. Yeah. Like, so for instance, my book's too long. Nobody wants to read red markets too long. Um, and then the big criticism is like barrier to entry. It's too hard to learn, too big of a barrier entry, stuff like that, because they don't read it. They don't know all the variable rules are in there. They don't know you don't do all the whole thing. They don't they don't care. It's too big. And that in itself is a fault on it. Okay, Mm -hmm. I will take that. I will accept that learning and teaching your game to other people is a valid criteria with which to judge a game. Mm -hmm. If I have to get my creative writing degree and learn from all these other games that aren't the game I'm currently playing. In addition to all of the variable rules for the NPCs I'm using to assault you with, in addition to creating a map, in addition to getting minifigs so we can track things on the map, in addition to you learning your player, in addition to learning your player options, in addition to knowing your action economy, me instructing you on that, learning what to roll, learning what my roles in conjunction is your role, then bringing in all those other things from the game The thing is, in D20, you cannot say, well, that's a fault of the system. That's just too much. No one's going to get good at combat until you're 15 sessions in. And then no one is going to want to play anymore because they've had to play 15 sessions of bad combat. That's just like, oh, get a better DM. And that is the hand wavium that I see for all this D20 stuff. Oh, well, it's because they didn't know the rules well enough. They mm-hmm. didn't have system mastery. They didn't have this. But for D20, as opposed to like pretty much any other new game in the market, it's just like, well, yeah, of course you'll you get good scrub. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas everything else is just like if there's any barrier to entry, it's a fault on the author and you should be ashamed. Um, whereas if it's a fantasy D20 game, it's it is um, yeah, you should have invested more time yeah. in learning multi passing or yeah. or this or that or the other. And that is that's a culture thing I don't understand. That's the thing that's really grandfathered in for me. Just the fact yeah. that like y- it is never even interrogated that you have to drag in all this other stuff to make it interesting for a big subset of the gaming community. Mm-hmm. It's never even interrogated as a thing that should be addressed. It's just a thing you're expected to do, which is why if you're doing any kind of game mastering for a D20 system, it is so much more research intensive, mm-hmm. resource intensive for the for the person running it. Yeah. You don't have to keep too many plates in the air, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good way of putting it because again, yeah, the the board yeah, just the way a deadly enemy in a D20 system is described versus any other system. Um as we were mentioning, because yeah, they have multiple so many stats and abilities and uh, combos with other characters as well. Like that's the thing in the Lancer is like, Oh, this enemy can do this with in conjunction with this other enemy and like their, their abilities sy- synergize in this way. So I had to pay attention to all of these combos and things and they're contextual, right? Based on where you are, uh, the players are, you know, the state of the battlefield and like the, the, the scenario situation or the scenario uh, type, like there are variable win conditions for different uh, fights. So yeah. Um, yeah, no, uh, I, I should mention my idea for, or the idea I had, I had, I've kind of spitballed for fixing d twenty. Um, which, you know, as we're both, you know, fans and ardent readers of Clausewitz, uh, war is uh, made up of two elements maneuver and slaughter. <laughs> so um, I was thinking of like some sort of D20 system where you roll the die you roll represents how much maneuver and slaughter, you know, we'll just call them that uh, each round. So how much you can move and position yourself and how much damage you can inflict. And so, like, every round you get a variable amount of resources to spend on various actions. Uh, I hadn't quite figured out the mechanics, but I think that would be the idea is that the D20 is not whether or not you succeed, but like what kinds of things you can do that round. Um, And I think that would be interesting, but that like, it's a very different paradigm than everything else. I'd have to kind of start over and like figure it out. Maybe you roll die. Two D twenty one for each uh of the two stats, and that's your your how much you can do that round. Like, um, yeah. yeah, and I I wouldn't even call it fixed
1: because yeah. like I mean nothing survives this long if people aren't playing it and enjoying it. Like, yeah, and it, uh, like I said at the front, I don't think there are flaws in the design so much as just what the design does and what the design isn't supposed to do. Yeah, but that said, like I don't see how the D twenty combat gets you anywhere you want to be based on a modern RPG design or combat Mm -hmm. i think it paints a better story makes you more engaged in the setting makes your characters feel cooler and more like practical and Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and uh fun um and i think the d20 can't match that but I also don't think D20 can protect like make a good action scene you would imagine in a movie I don't think D20 mm-hmm. can write an in fun fight chapter in your fantasy novel you're reading because it just doesn't engage oh, enough people do though I, I know it I know it <laughs> can do that when they add that no, stuff. people
0: I mean they just I mean how many fantasy novels have been written based on someone's D&D campaign
1: yeah but like yeah. based on it by completely adding in all the things D20 doesn't have because they don't just put the numbers Numbers in there yeah like they have to describe what the spell looks like things D D refuses to do oh i do a uh, fate i remember this from dark sun i do phase slide and like i was new to rpgs and i'm like what's a phase slide and you're just like oh it let's my character move here to here and i said yeah but no what is a phase slide like what is what does that look like do you teleport do you go invisible do you and you looked at me like i'd ask you to drop your pants in the middle of the table <laughs> like i just i was like you just used magic what does the magic look like and you're just like i don't i don't even understand what you've just said to me (laughs) um because it's just not accounted for it's just like yeah i'm I'm trying to keep
0: track of like eight enemies or whatever and like all their abilities i'm trying to keep like all this complicated you weren't even running it that was like
1: somebody else's get your character did it and you're just like i don't even what what do you process i move eight squares (laughs) i'm here now and i'm and i was just like looking at you baffled like because i just don't why would you be able to do magic if you're? I'm not going to be able to describe what it even looks or feels or sounds like. Like, uh, and like, just look at those spell lists. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, color blast. Okay, that's what. It's a, a blast of mm-hmm. colors, and there's yeah. nothing to be like. Well, you could describe it this way or that way, or it could mm-hmm. do this or that, but. I, the, there's just that's all like things you got to add yourself like things you got to add on the back end that's
0: not there i'm sure there's a youtube video how to describe color blast
1: exactly put it in the fucking book (laughs) put it in the book where the people need to get the the rules to play the game like (laughs) or, or at least give them an improv framework or who gets to describe what the color blast looks like anything that's all negative space in the design yeah and like negative space is good in design if it gets filled in but I feel like once you put that grid on the table, everyone's just like, "Oh, we we drew a map. We don't have to fill anything in." Yeah, and it just becomes, you know, my D twenty versus your D twenty. Yeah, and it's
0: agonizingly boring. I mean, there 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 are large numbers of players, you know, uh, that are uncomfortable improvising things. You know, they they they, you know, I played. Tried to play storytelling games with certain, some people who had like you know uh, panic attacks because they couldn't like make up a word or something like that. Right? Yeah, and um, yeah, I think D and D,
1: and I think D and D and D twenty works great for that stuff. Yeah, yeah. and I, like that's why I'm saying it's not wrong with it. Mm-hmm. But like, if you're trying to make it do things, I just don't think the technology was ever designed to do that. It was mm-hmm. still.
0: It was, uh, yeah, I mean, it literally you have war game. Yeah, yeah. It was
1: founded too early to war games and yeah. it's too similar to a war game. And like all the Kludge stuff is great. Cause you know, adding those things, making those new systems that created a more rich and detailed and engaging story mm-hmm. is how we get indie games. Cause it all evolved out of that bullshit. So like, I'm not saying it's bad to do those things, but like trying to add all that into a D20 combat, when you could just throw it out all together and get that new experience, mm-hmm. I, I feel like, yeah, that that's very much a discussion you need to have with your players about what type of game we want to play. Yeah. And it's
0: okay to want more things from your game.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I want, and I want something very different from a game that's going to have combat yeah. than anything D20 provides. Cause yeah. the only thing I see when you say D20 combat is I am going to have to do homework Mm-hmm and my grade for that homework is going to be a randomly assigned number between 1 and 20 cuz there's no tactical choice i can make that which survive will survive a bad roll that will survive the bad role. Yeah. like and and it, and it will be utterly utterly randomized from there and that just feels impotent to mm-hmm. me like i don't i don't care for that as no a character to play. Like the same mm-hmm. reason I don't want to play in like branded universes. Like I don't want to be the second most interesting person in the story. <laughs> like that's not an exciting pitch for me when you're just like, do you want to play in the DC heroes universe and be a scrub that Superman <laughs> has to save ever <laughs> that flies over without noticing. I'm like, no what if we just didn't carry money for the wb and told a different cooler story Mm -hmm. (laughs) like same thing in d20 like i don't know why i want to do all this homework to go Mm -hmm. out there and suck when i could like go out there and suck interestingly in a different game (laughs) or go out there and
0: actually maybe do something good Yeah. yeah yeah um you know, we have mentioned some comment. I've mentioned some combat systems. I like, um, are there, and we, wild talents was another one. Yeah. Cause I, I still remember that Here is a new Arcadia, fight. are there any other RPGs with combat systems you do like that? We haven't mentioned so far. Um,
1: uh, I, I think we've mentioned a few and like, I, again, I don't want to say like, there's a ton of problems with using or for combat. Oh, sure. Yeah. There's super it, slow. Like it's super,
0: slow, like, especially yeah, when you it's get super
1: slow unless you're using an app that's pulling out all your successes for yeah. you. And like, yeah, there's, there's tons of stuff, but like, I like it better. Cause it, it, it activates the senses more. There's a yeah. hit location. It, mm-hmm. There's a variability of power level There's Yeah. status effects, there's things that let me see it happening or feel it happening as opposed to one big old HP number that Mm -hmm. either goes up or down, depending (laughs) on what happens. Um, Yeah, so I I I I'm not saying that other combat systems, even the ones I've designed, don't have like foibles and fuck ups and problems. Yeah, I'm just saying that those are more interesting Mm -hmm. for if you like a story out of a game.
0: Than uh, a lot of those other strategic choices. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and also as a note, like uh, you know, some people like uh, could talk about your club, like, oh well, you know, uh how's that different from Delta Green where if you roll bad your character's gonna get killed? Well, Delta Green, the whole point is not to necessarily get into combat in the first place. And like, um, your your choices in Delta Green matter far more than in D twenty because yeah, it's it's
1: uh Yeah, it's not like Delta Green is never hiding those stakes. Yeah. Like, cause it's the real world. And you know what I do to yeah. win combat in the real world? I don't get into gunfights. Yeah. So I, in fact, go very far out of my way to avoid it. Mm-hmm. And like that, that's, that's the setting. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think it's that, thematic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That, that tells the story. But like having a game about heroic fantasy where like, instead of like, aha, I am no man. And then you stab the witch king and then you have to stab him eight, 12 more times. Yeah. Because uh,
1: there's no mechanic for yeah. violating ancient prophecy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, because uh, there's no stun. Oh, He's well, you get like, a plus 20 to hit him. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So you only get to stab him six times, actually. <laughs> only going to take seven rounds. It'll be a quick fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Agonizing. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. Why would you? Oh, well, better? she just rolled a crit. Okay, yeah, no, that's, again, not the point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and yeah.
1: again, you talk about negative design, like space, like part of negative design space is a stunting mechanic Mm -hmm. because like you add the mechanic like oh it base, but most of mechanics in that regard are just like the dm can add a certain bonus to a role if you have described doing something Mm -hmm. that would add an effect on this like most of them aren't even like fixed values no most of them aren't even like contextual in any way it's just like hey if that sounds like it would work and you make a role to do it. So it's not just automatic, right. Mm-hmm. Or you've set it up beforehand or you make your athletics roll to get up to that thing. Or you, you know, make your rig test to turn on the sentry gun or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, that is your combat role, but it's going to add a cool thing because you're clever and you've added to the space. Yeah, yeah. I think not having that is, um, a huge mistake, especially for something D20, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm, it's all mm-hmm. about tactics. But what you're saying is like, it's all about tactics in a an utterly prescribed mathematical simulation that can accept zero variables, which isn't tactics like Rome's didn't have a counter to the elephant. That's why it was a good strategy. <laughs> <laughs> like the guy who brought the elephant to the fight won because yeah. they didn't have the elephant strategy. Like that is how actual. Mm-hmm. clever things in combat work.
0: Yeah, when the Conquistadors um, landed in, in uh, the Aztec Empire, they, they were like, yeah, it wasn't balanced. Yeah, it was not about, they they, they had smallpox and like cannons and like things and yeah, it was uh, pretty uh, yeah. And, you
1: know, I mean, things didn't work out for Ned Kelly in the end there but nope. like, I bet the first time a guy comes out in a man tank, yeah. I bet that was a, a pretty big force multiplier in yeah, exactly. that bank yeah, robbery. Yeah, yeah. Like, and like, and that is not something in the rules of robbing an Australian like (laughs) small town bank. Yeah. Uh, But like a clever player came up with that. And I think it should be like rewarded because it tells a story you still tell hundreds of leads later Mm -hmm. as opposed to like the guy who just went in there on a horse and got shot. (laughs) Like, yeah. Th- yeah, we don't know that guy's name. We know the guy who made the man tank and yeah. like let your
0: players do that shit. Yeah, that's kind of another assumption of uh, D20 isn't it? Is that like every encounter is something you're supposed to like if the GM throws a bunch of enemies at you, you are assumed that you can defeat them, right? Like which is obviously not the case in say Delta Green or Red Markets where like, yeah, yeah, if there's like the stakes are different. Yeah, the stakes are you well like every combat is supposed to be you're supposed to defeat them. You're not supposed to run away or, or avoid them unless it's like a you know, uh, uh, an army like it published adventures. Like here's this room with this, these monsters and these monsters and these monsters. And then you have the boss. Uh, that's the assumption. Like, not like, Oh yeah, there's you know, if you go to this one. Yeah. Um, but you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: I, I just, if, if I'm, if I like a storied combat, I want like the fact that like, Oh, one character is like an Alexander or a Napoleon or a yeah. bodakai or like a tactical genius mm-hmm. or, or, um, Uh, One character is like the Badgers in Redwall, just in, you know, an insane force multiplier who like, you know, is uh, the center of the battle and other things revolve around those tell stories and like they have effects and agency Mm -hmm. on people. But like a D20 match is like a UFC fight. Yeah. Everyone's in the same fucking weight class. Everyone's been training at the same amount of time. They all have daddy issues. They all know BJJ. They all are going to try this. And then when they try that, the other guy's going to try this hold. And it just becomes a like technical. F- uh, yeah. It becomes yeah. fight math. Yeah. And yeah. it's not engaging. Like I know UFC has like, you know, John Jones will occasionally pull a spinning heel kick or something. He saw on YouTube and it works. But like most of the time it is just like, two guys rolling around sweaty dick punching and that is that is a d20 that's what it's about yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah. technical exercise yeah not a narrative like combat yeah a conflict where yeah Oh, that's that's actually, yeah, the best point. Yeah. What is your fight? What is your combat system like? Is it supposed to be UFC or is it supposed to be, yeah, Hannibal and the Elephants? At yeah. the end of it, are we going to be able to tell a story about what happened yeah. or are we going to get
1: a highlight reel where they cut out all the boring stuff around it? That's Because it. that's that, D20. Yeah, that's it. D20, yeah. the most you're going to get is a highlight reel. Yep. Oh, I got a crit. Everything else is going to have to go on the cutting room floor because it's boring as fucking shit. Yeah. Uh, whereas you can, like, film the battle of something has found a narrative one exploit
0: arc. that we one weird trick the GM couldn't allowed in and like we dropped it we turned the insects into elephants and dropped them on our foes and yeah I mean it's
1: the same thing yeah, like yeah. when the I I forget her name but like when the Russian lady who had her whole family killed like red waiting was based loosely off of in and, and then she invites all the guys over and murders them. And she, she goes to the other town and she gifts them all doves oh, and then a task right. burning coal to burn the city down. That's a one round combat. Yeah. When you send the fire doves to set your enemy on fire and enslave them. That sounds like a one round crit success combat. It's still going to talk about it. I'm now terrified
0: of that character for all of her you know, sinister it's, machinations. It's not because she has improved initiative and all these other feats. It, it, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, it,
1: t- it told an interesting story. Yeah, she's not a you, level
0: 18 yeah, killer. Yeah.
1: But if you go to the UFC match and it lasts one round, you're pissed. The commenters are talking about how everyone in the crowd is disappointed. The book guys are talking about how everybody's disappointed. Like they're on ESPN talking about how everyone's disappointed in right. it. Uh, And then if it goes to decision, because it went too many rounds, you're in the exact same situation. Right. Like, oh, there wasn't a client climax that any of us found satisfying so i'm going to talk about how well this guy really should have won and you're going to talk about how inconclusive it was and it's just not
0: not what i'm looking for. you don't want yeah like if the combat system is too complex and too in depth like yeah do you want like to try and do storytelling while you're playing in between rounds of magic the gathering right like are you trying to and that's the yeah the same kind of thing like uh, uh, uh that's yeah no. It's yeah a, it's
1: yeah. yeah people uh i, I saw a web comment is it once. a
0: sport or a narrative yeah
1: yeah i i saw a web comment once that was claiming that all sports is just a gigantic probability function that people are desperately trying to assign narratives to yeah and that becomes harder or easier depending on what they're doing yeah like and that's why so much about sports coverage is like back in shit mm-hmm. because it's like oh yeah the cardinals are really shitty this year mm-hmm. but why is so-and-so going through a divorce oh there's 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 stuff going on with the agency oh the owners are doing this and they're having a player revolt and then of course there's a risk of a strike and like and so it becomes like they start telling a story about succession because the game's fucking boring like because they're so desperate to assign something to the numbers of like oh they got zero runs again mm-hmm. like <laughs> <laughs> like because they have to fill the fucking space like yeah. but but d20 doesn't give you any tool to do that in your mm-hmm. commentary of your game like if the numbers don't end up interesting on random chance you're just stuck doing it for three hours mm-hmm. and
0: what it is narrative yeah 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 Yeah. yeah. it's a narrative Yeah, give me pro wrestling not ufc that's what i would say but Uh, not fixed like let's let let, yeah let's some kind of randomization so we don't know who wins yeah
1: yeah yeah. i I mean wrestling surprising for the audience at least like even though they know it's not real i assume all your players know you're not really fighting anyone (laughs) uh so you don't really have to worry about kayfabe on that regard you just have to
0: be you know surprising and interesting okay yeah uh, yeah, some really interesting, uh, interesting insights into, uh, uh, differences in game philosophy game design philosophy really when you come down to it like what are the assumptions what are the unspoken assumptions about your game and like what does it mean like why are you playing this game what is fun for it uh uh, fun about it um and yeah a lot of the uh stuff that we don't really examine yeah um so yeah really interesting uh insight there um so yeah uh if you thought this was interesting uh, let us know in the comments uh or you know quote us on Uh, add us on whatever social media platforms we're on by the time you're listening to this Um, (laughs) and uh, when we come back we'll have some shout outs and we're back and uh, we have some shout outs Uh, as with most RPPR episodes. Uh, I'll begin with a a board game that we have all played. uh, Deadly Dowagers. Uh, uh, This was actually something Maddie discovered uh, online a couple months ago. So we got a copy. It's only 35 bucks. uh, And Deadly Dowagers is a game of matrimony and murder. Uh, You were playing a Victorian era uh, uh, woman trying to marry up into to get to the I believe it's the Duke. Uh, that, that is your ultimate goal is to marry the Duke. But in order to uh, do that, you have to have a dowry. You have to have so much money on hand, um, in order to marry him. And, uh, what you do is you, you marry a a dude and then, uh, once you marry him, you can then murder him. Uh, and that will raise your reputation. And if your reputation is too high, you can't marry certain dudes. The Duke, I think you have to have a reputation of nine or less. Uh, you can lower your reputation through a charity and getting, I thought it was infamy or something like that. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, There, there is, is, yeah. Some sort of score you want to keep low.
1: Yeah. There, there's the method of killing them adds a certain number to your infamy or your, uh, you know, bad reputation score. Yeah. Whereas killing them through inheritance adds to your money or income. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's your requirement. Like you need a minimum income to marry this guy, but you'd have a maximum infamy, Mm -hmm. It's about um, killing your way to the top without being
0: seen as the black widow you are. Yeah. Uh, The main mechanic is a a drafting mechanic where every round you uh, everyone gets a hand of cards, but you only pick one, then pass it on until you get down to like one card each and then discard the last one. Uh, so you have to figure out what you want Do you want? there are certain cards that let you murder for a lower reputation like there are more discreet forms of murder like hunting accident or for some reason Derringer is pretty discreet <laughs> uh, I mean apparently strangling your husband uh, while he sleeps is uh, the worst thing you can always do that you can always strangle him uh, but uh, yeah so you have uh, and then there's also matrimony cards so you can marry a new dude or you could elope but that also raises your reputation oh how dare you yeah um, And certain husbands give you different abilities, like some will uh, let you use charity cards for free and some will give you a bonus to this or that. And uh, yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. You can play from like three to six players, uh, which is nice. Not a lot of games do that. Uh, it's a lot of fun because, uh, again, there's this narrative element. Like, I, my strategy is just marry as many dudes as possible. kill Marry and kill them. Just one <laughs> right after the other. Just an assembly line. Don't build them up because you can also. Yeah, like, a lot of
1: cards fatten the cow before yeah, you take yeah, the yeah. slaughter. You, you, yeah. can,
0: you can invest in your husband to get a better payoff. You can raise their rank uh, and then get a better payoff later on. But I was like, nah. But yeah. you're going to lose all that once you. Well, not your holdings, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I have a lot of fun with it. It's a good game for a lot of players. Uh, it's the right level of depth that you like, there's some complexity to it, but it's not like, uh, you know, a terraforming Mars or something like that. Yeah. yeah it's definitely like a mid-level game. I don't know. Uh, any thoughts on it, Caleb? Cause you, you're one of the people I played with. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, it's sort of like revenge of marrying Mr. Darcy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Thematically. It's yeah. like the end game of marrying
1: Mr. Darcy over and over and over again. and You just a piling piling up dead husbands.
0: Oh, yeah. When, you. Whenever you murder a husband, you flip them over and revealing their gravestone that stays near uh, near uh, uh, at your play area. So every subsequent husband means you get more reputation. You get more... And yeah, because rep-
1: everyone's looking back and like, isn't that her like fourth marriage? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it gets harder as you go on. Yeah. and fill
0: your graveyard <laughs> full of dead husbands um, yeah it's it's uh yeah it's a fun game uh and again it's also a little game like it's a tiny box uh, and it's mostly cards uh so very portable uh you can play it at a bar or cafe uh, uh and it's easy to teach so yeah just a good good mid-level game um yeah okay what's your first shout out uh i've been reading a new book series by uh becky
1: chambers i believe is her name uh it's the monk and robot trilogy uh, there on the second one just came out. The first one is a Psalm for the Wild built. and the second one is called a Prayer for the Crown Shy. Um, but uh I don't read a lot of like bright, happy, fuzzy things, mm-hmm. so I've been trying to correct that. Um, and this has been described to me by others as Hope Punk. I don't know what the author would describe it, um, but it is largely utopian mm. in its um setup. Uh Basically, it's a sci-fi world that has undergone a uh, horrific climate change that was circumvented by um, the fact that all of the robots became sentient. Hmm. And uh, rather than destroying humanity, they said, we're not going to do your work anymore and you got to turn off all this shit. Um, Also, this part of the planet is ours. Don't come in it or we will kill you. (laughs) And they just retreated into the woods and let humanity figure it out. And uh, the premise is, is that there is a, a non-binary monk named Sibling Dex who gets tired of their life doing tea service, which is like a combination of therapy and religion over a tea ceremony that they do by, you know, driving an electric bike with a little tea caravan around the solar punk like new utopia that humans have had to build in the wake of this horrible die off that they cause with their own technology. And they've got these like Utopian anarcho commune villages and all this kind of stuff. Uh, but he, he, he gets off the beaten path and goes into the woods where you're not supposed to go. Cause like no one's seen a robot in hundreds of years. It like, no one goes there cause it's considered wild space just like to build oxygen and like to do the water table, like your stuff to and he meets a robot that wants to come check in on humanity. And then they go on adventures. Uh, sibling decks and the robot. So, um, the the way they do artificial intelligence is pretty interesting in the book, and uh, it's very heartwarming and uh, good story. So I, I like it so far. They're also very short, extremely like barely 120 pages. Oh wow, uh, yeah, yeah little novellas, the, little, really. little thin
0: chapbooks is what huh. they're selling.
1: Might have been one book, and then they split it into three. Which sucks, but um, it doesn't read like it. They they are self-contained
0: stories. It so. uh, sounds a bit like the opposite of that other robot thing. Um, was about the killer, the kill bot or whatever? Uh, uh, Martha Wells actually yeah. does a quote on it. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and recommended the book, which is how I found it. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Martha Wells is the author of that. I can't remember the name of the series. But uh,
1: Murderbot Diaries. Murderbot Diaries. It is right. not
0: Murderbot Diaries. It is the but, opposite. But it is, it is yeah, uh, yeah. the polar opposite of mur- yeah. it's still robots. But other yeah, than that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, nice. Uh, that sounds fun. I actually kind of want to check those out now. Um, my next one is also about happy things, very happy and normal things. Uh, it is a uh, Amazon Prime series called Shiny Happy People, uh, which is about the Duggar family. Uh, it's a four part uh, mini series about the worst people. Uh, you may you probably heard of because they had that nineteen and counting. Uh, reality TV show, well, multiple shows, and uh, it's about family members revealing the truth about the family and how they're horrible, and also the uh, I forgot the name of it, but the uh, uh, evangelical uh not church but like learning service whatever that whatever it was that they were into the father was into uh and all the abuses that this institution has uh of people so it's about you know we can say child sex trafficking cult
1: yeah uh, i'll say it yeah. child sex trafficking
0: cult yeah. yeah um yeah another one of those things where the the leader was a uh, boy doing some really horrible things and uh one of the duggars was and uh, yeah it's just uh, yeah, insight into like horrible people doing horrible things and uh, the aftermath of it. But it's on Amazon Prime. It's a, it's a fascinating series, uh, revealing uh, uh this uh, yeah just awful. Like Maddie had not been aware of this at all because you know the the Ducker family was not a, a thing in Australia. But like. Boy, it was really omnipresent for a while in American pop culture, and uh, it's just wholesome and just. Oh gosh, they all love each other. One of the many
1: crimes in which the TLC has wrought upon our society. Boy, yeah. it has, hasn't it? The uh, Learning Channel has taught us dark, dark lessons.
0: Yeah. Uh. So yeah, that's that. That that is my uh, second one. Uh. What, what's your
1: I, uh, I watched a movie called how to blow up a pipeline, hmm. uh, based off the book of the same name. Um, the book is by Andreas Malm, I believe his name is, and it is a argument for the necessity of eco-terrorism. Um, I'll let you take that out its own. Um, and the book's been very popular, but they made a film for it. And the film is not just a documentary. It is a fictional film. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and it goes over an attempt to blow up a pipeline by a group of young people. Um, and I think they do a fantastic job for a lot of reasons. Um, uh, a lot of the people are not trained actors, but I think they turned in okay performances. Um, but like it's, it's unique in a lot of ways in that, um, I don't think they changed anything about how to build a bomb. Like, They don't tell you what they're mixing. They don't tell you, like, how the proportions to put it in. But, like, they show you how you'd make a bomb and how you'd need to set it up and how you'd need to set it up on a pipeline to make sure there wasn't a spill. So you'd have to check out the elevation and how you'd need to strap it to it and, like, things you'd need to be concerned about. Tradecraft. Yeah, tradecraft shit. Like, they're all working off, like, shitty Gmail printouts because they don't want their phones there and, like, doing OPSEC. Um, But I also think they do some things by like, like they show that um, it is going to have to be like a multi-political coalition. Like one guy's a hayseed Republican asshole who's doing it because it's across his land. The other guy is an indigenous kid who's had his whole community ruined by like fracking shit. And he's just like, it's this or school shooting, man. Let's build a bomb. Like he's just a complete nihilist. Uh, Like two or three of them are like super privileged, like Occupy Wall Street college kids like and they're all having to like get along to get along (laughs) because they're making a, you know, a rainbow alliance of blowing up uh, a fossil fuel infrastructure. But I thought it was a very good way to do agitprop for Mm -hmm. that book. By just, you know, talking about, well, here's the reality of it. Some of you are going to prison. Mm-hmm. Um, you will be hurt. They will try and kill you like this. This is what will be happening. Uh, and they don't really flints away from any part of the story, which I thought made it a more
0: interesting film for certain. Nice. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Uh, it sounds fascinating. There, there,
1: there's a great yeah. scene where they're trying to uh, get a 55-gallon drum of... Ammonia nitrate strapped to the underside of this pipeline mm-hmm. with um, like ratchet ties. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a bunch of, like, weak-ass college kids trying to lift this hundreds of pound explosives up there. And they're just like, can we just put it under it? It's like, if you want to make a big hole in the ground and leave the pipeline, fine. It's not how explosives work. It's got to be attached. <laughs> and they're trying to do it, like, before people come by. And, it yeah, it gets very into the details. So. Huh? Yeah. So I thought it was very well done. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's a, like a, a, a lot of great, uh, you know, drama. There's the procedural and then there's character conflict. Right. But like great drama has both. Right. Like, you know, people are trying to do something very difficult. And like that's like, you know, Kurosawa films also had a lot of that. Like it was these char- these flawed characters trying to do things. But also it showed like how fighting worked back then. Think. Yeah, and, yeah. And they
1: don't skip away from it. Like they yeah. found their biome expert on TikTok because yeah. he was just doing dumb shit like posting building bombs online. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like, how else are you going to find somebody in the modern day and age? Like yeah. he's shitty at it. He's blown himself up in various ways, multiple times and he's mm-hmm. terrified of doing it. But he, you know, yeah, I, I think, I think they don't skip away. No one's a mastermind. No yeah. one's a super spy. Like, I don't think they, uh, I think they don't skimp away from it. So I think that's,
0: good. yeah. I mean, yeah. Like think about like, you know, the seventh samurai, like seven Samurai's like, why are we fighting, risking our lives for rice? And then there's also like, how the fuck are we going to defend this village? <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's these both these, these two elements and like that, what's make it a great movie. So this sounds like a great one too. Um, my, and speaking of fighting um, my uh, last uh, shout out is a YouTuber, uh, Napoleon blown apart uh, who does MMA and combat sports video essays. And he does this uh, series called worst of the worst. And I've watched two of them so far. Each one's about an hour and a half long. Um, and one was on the history of freak show fights uh, like, not just Logan Paul and other youtubers fighting you know uh professional boxers so all boxing now yeah well yeah but he talks about the history like Muhammad Ali uh, versus the uh karate champion um, and uh things things of that nature and early MMA. he also does one on the uh power slap uh and the history and they they don't mention slap fighting the one near you know Branson but like other uh things uh uh, uh there's other like freakish like uh uh like uh, tethered it, was, it used to be called it, the first name of this was uh, in the 90s. There was world tether fighting, uh, which they changed the name of to like uh, I forgot what the name was changed to, but it was like literally tie two dudes together to a table and they can arm wrestle or they can punch each other um, or kick. And uh, it didn't last very long, weirdly enough, but um some people like it so anyways it's just fascinating of just like seeing the worst dredges of combat sports and uh yeah all the all the weird things that happen there so yeah it, it good lots of good clips lots of good commentary yeah i, I, I like it so yeah uh any any others
1: uh i was going to do aliens dark descent but it's very buggy even on ps5 which should be able to run it as like a sub process Can- considering it's graphics it's, it's just XCOM with one type of aliens yeah and multiple type of aliens um and uh the later part of the game is what lost its spot for me because it's basically a stealth game Ugh. to optimally get through it after later levels and that is just boring to me yeah uh, especially from an rts perspective but um what i'm going to replace it with is what i'm playing anyway even though it is a far more small type of alien yeah uh yeah it's definitely starship troopers extermination i actually just
0: got that i i I played a couple hours on it oh man you want to play when i go home right now because i i will um (laughs) i have some podcasts headed but yeah i will play tonight yeah uh
1: but yes i like that game way more than i should Mm -hmm. for being basically not a game yeah you you go It's the same level every time (laughs) there's bugs on it. You have three character classes. You got to gather materials. Once you've gathered all the materials, you go to the base, you build the base. I like building the base. And then when you turn it on, you just see if you survive or if you get overrun like the Mormons in Starship. And it's hilarious every time. Like if people build a shitty base and we get overrun. It's very funny. I laugh. Mm-hmm. If we just hold the line, it's very funny. I laugh. They've added mutators in. Yeah. And like sometimes you get mutators to just like ambush, ambush, ambush. <laughs> it's just constantly dying. <laughs> and you have like an attrition rate in the hundreds. It's um it's hilarious and stupid. And there are many times where you don't even have to
0: aim. There's so many of them on the screen. Yeah. Um, no, I've, I've, yeah. I've only played on normal difficulty so far. So I haven't like seen ha- how wild it can get, but yeah. Uh, It does look fun, yeah. I do like the way they do base building. It's it's very slick, easy. Any character class can do it.
1: Yeah, you've got like eight possible things you can build so far, and it's just, they give you a build zone around the thing Mm -hmm. you need to protect, and it's just, you can put whatever, and it costs this many resources. Mm -hmm. Uh, But everyone can put shit there. So they put shit in your way, and they put shit in Mm -hmm. dumb places, Mm -hmm. and once you build it, it takes forever to unbuild it. Yeah,
0: that's weird. I don't understand that. Oh,
1: it's hilarious of what it is, is everyone starts screaming, on the mic and the guy who put the bunker way out there, and then we all get eaten. Um, yeah, it's very,
0: very fun for me uh yeah. if you're not being sweaty and try hard about it. Yeah. I might also get battle bits. I've seen that. That seems pretty interesting. Have you seen that? Oh, I'm very interested in battle bit as yeah. well. The the uh 254 yeah. Roblox.
1: Roblox does, yeah. does Roblox battlefield. battlefield.
0: Yeah, yeah, basically.
1: Hey, they can't do battlefield versus the battlefield. Hey. Yeah. Uh, yeah
0: um but yeah fuck yeah. all those other complex games play starship troopers yeah shoot bugs yeah. yeah i do need to beat uh tears of the kingdom but that will be a while uh because there's just so much to do i gave up yeah, I, I just got so tired of it. To put I put it down. I don't think I'll ever pick it up. I again. will pick it up again. Ganondorf uh, continues to rule Hyrule. He does, uh, but not forever. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I um, uh thank you all so much for listening. Again, check out uh, Delta Green Dead Channels and have it on Open Game Design and the RPPR YouTube channel. I'll actually might just put this episode up early uh, to sort of to plug it. And um, yeah, we'll uh, be talking to you later. Bye bye. Hey, it's Rasputin. I am doing a sound check, and it's just great. Uh, Caleb loves it, uh, don't you, Caleb? Yes. Keep talking.
1: Why are there two triggers on all the AKs? Uh oh, on the uh, have we answered that? Has that ever been established? Uh
0: oh, yeah, they do have two triggers.
1: Yeah, there's one inside the trigger guard, and there's one outside of it,
0: and that seems, yeah. Odd. Yeah, huh? Uh, stylistic, aesthetic thing. Yeah, no. I've not looked up the uh, the background. Like, I I'm I would be curious about the numbers. When you know,
1: saying, shoulders like
0: old good. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, huh? Yeah. All right. Uh, what well, we're getting levels. Do you want to talk a little more? Just... I I will. Okay. Regardless of whether I want to or not. Aw. Okay.
1: I'm compelled.
0: Yeah. All right. We did it.